Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another week of the Trading Triangle. Hey, Kay, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, Nate. How are you, Sean? I'm doing well. Yeah, and Sean, how about yourself? Oh, yeah, doing very well. There we go. <laughs> hey, we'll get Sean's audio squared away here. But welcome again to the Trading Triangle. We're excited to be back for another week of looking at charts and getting things ready for trading in the upcoming week. Had a crazy week last week with NVIDIA earnings. And we talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it a little bit more this week. Markets are doing all kinds of fun things, pulling back a little bit at key levels. So we'll take a look at all of it. Um, quick disclaimer up front. Remember, we are not financial advisors or financial professionals. None of this information is uh, financial advice. Really just three friends getting together, look at charts, get ready for trading in the coming week, doing something that we love to do. And this is all for educational and information or yeah, entertainment purposes only. Uh, so thanks again for joining us this week. We'll get right to it. And also, please remember to subscribe and hit the like button. Helps us get the word out and get other folks enjoying the charts with us every week as well. So, Sean, your audio working good? You good there? Yeah, sorry, I had it open on the other screen, so I heard you twice. I thought, oh, 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 I just panicked for a slightly second. That's yeah, too no, much. That's, that's too much. Too much. That's yeah. too much. Too much. Yeah, that's too much for me. <laughs> well, let's let's yeah. look at the charts here a little bit. I know that last week we had some names moving up, some names moving down. Um, notably for me, look at, look at NVIDIA. It was up 8% on the week. Um, lots of movement all over the place, but ended up, Nicely on the plus side, Tesla was up. Is this right? Are these the right numbers? <laughs> these are. You have performance for the week percentage, 11.43% so for Tesla. You know what I, I really was hoping, which we got it for a brief moment. I thought that NVIDIA's blowout earnings will spur a rally. Right. But because Friday was also Jackson Hole, it kind of faded away, and I, and I really thought that AMD would get an advantage because of NVIDIA's gain, but it we didn't see that. Now, next week, we have a couple earnings that you know, we'll talk about in the next slide, but yeah, it was like, a, still, I would take this week over the previous week where we all had reds in every sector. Yeah, I totally agree. And I saw Tesla's up 11%. That's looking good. We're going to talk about that today, right, Sean? Getting into Tesla charts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of good, good, big moves and some names last week, um, outsized moves that pulled back. And uh, yeah, so really interesting spot, but uh, I think a little bit for the bears and the bulls as we were right in neutral territory on the fear and greed index, right? Dead center here at 48. Um, the VIX I thought was interesting. So VIX dropped 8% last week. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> over 8.46%. Yeah, so at 1568 to close. Um, which is interesting. I mean, S&P was up 0.82%, but the Dow was down about half a percent. NASDAQ rallied 2%, over over 2%. Um, and then the Russell was down slightly, basically flat. Bitcoin was down 1% over the last five days. And and so all of that, you know, kind of choppiness, I guess you could say, is, you know, dropping the VIX. And so that's, I thought that was notable. 18, 1850 is about what it got to. Is that sound, is that about right, yeah, Kate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Anything to take away from this chart this week? Dead central well, and neutral? You, you can see that already, you know, we dropped to fear at 43, the last close. And then when we reviewed it last week, it was at 45. So 
it's a positive, right? And that's the reason why you see the market is green across all industries, not just one or two in particular. With green, more buying coming in, a little bit, you know, people are getting out and about. Uh, we can also touch upon a little bit of what Jerome Powell, you know, said. I don't know if you guys noticed, but a couple of things I took out from that was yeah, that he is long term, he is still maintaining the 2% you know, bringing down the inflation at 2%. That's the first point. The second point I came out, which I understood was, he's not enjoying the fact that, um, you know, the unemployment rate is not going up. Right. Uh, and things are not breaking in the economy, right? Because otherwise, and things are not breaking in the economy. And that is where the concern comes. The problem I'm seeing is the market is, you know, pricing four rate cuts for next year. And, and you, you can go on CNBC, you can hear all the, uh, the gurus talking about it. So if you're planning to have four rate cuts, in if that is your plan to have four rate cuts, I don't see how Jerome Powell is going to you know have four rate cuts when he is still not happy with the the current trend and where he's going with. That's that's what I got out of it. So I don't know how that's going to play out in the long term. He didn't throw a total bucket of ice water on things, so I thought that was good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, you're right. It, the Jackson Hole kind of muted things this week, kept everybody kind of timid despite big NVIDIA earnings. Any thoughts to add there, Sean? Um, he just kind of said what I kind of expected, really. So it's kind of a bit of a nothing burger. <laughs> Good old nothing burger. <laughs> in my opinion. I love nothing burgers. Well, let's see if we got more nothing burgers in the earnings this week. Um, <laughs> nope. I see big names. I see Neo. Any. Are we going to talk about Neo earnings this week? I think we are, yes. Yeah, I'm definitely going to bring that chart up. Nice. That's Tuesday yeah, morning. What else are you mm-hmm. looking at this week, Kay? Uh, I'm looking at Salesforce. Um, Salesforce, Okta, more on the SaaS side. I have a look at Broadcom. Now, I know Broadcom in general has, I don't know what the share price is, but it's pretty high. I think it's a five, $600 range, uh, Broadcom. Uh, Lululemon is another one, you know, compared to if you invest in Nike, generally Lululemon, you should be following as well uh, because it, it has become a major athletic wear, you know, just like Nike. Uh, but yeah, those are a couple names. CrowdStrike is another one. Say, um, yeah, CrowdStrike Wednesday with uh, with uh, Salesforce and Okta. Interesting yeah. Name. Yeah. So Salesforce is one of the, the the big names like Adobe in the SaaS space that you want to follow just to get the industry if you don't want to invest in Salesforce. We had Arista Networks, ANET, right, report on, um, la- was it last week, week before? And so I think CrowdStrike coming in. Oh, am I mixing up names? Actually, is Palo Alto. That's I, what I'm trying to think of. Palo Alto, Palo, Palo Alto, Alto I think, came yeah. in, right, and reported and did really well. And so CrowdStrike sliding in behind them will be very interesting, I think, on Wednesday. I wonder what the market's going to trade heading into those earnings, might be anticipating you know, some positive news on the back end of the Palo Alto. So something I'll yeah. be watching. Sean, Sean are you following Polestar? Sean, are you following Polestar? No, it's not what I follow, actually. Um, okay. I keep meaning to like, kind of check up on it, but I don't see, I don't really see them around or hear about them. So I just don't, something just doesn't escape my mind, really. Um, so no. Okay. You know, I did see a post, and this is just somebody's anecdotal, you know, conversation, but they were talking about, they went to Lucid, they went to Polestar and Tesla and took the family and test drove all the vehicles or maybe just sat in them. Um, yeah. But I think they're just sitting in them, obviously. Right. So anyways, 
the family members all voted on each of the cars and all of them said that the lucids were just not comfortable like they just didn't really too tight and jammed in there which i thought was interesting i've never been in one um and then polestar was similar so like nobody liked in, in this one family right very anecdotal liked either of those oh, yeah, but the, yeah. the model x you know thumbs up all the way around loved it all the features and space and all that so anyways but if you think if you think about it right so if they're comparing model x and i, I can understand lucid because lucid That's is also point. a very expensive car but polestar 3 or whatever the polestar which is out it is i mean i sat in polestar i've sat in tesla i haven't sat in lucid yet but so the the ceiling of Polestar, the 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 sedan, is pretty short. So if you are a tall guy like Nate, you're probably gonna your head is gonna be pretty you know cramped. And if you're taller like six four six five, then I think it's, that's not the car you should be in. Yeah, no, there's definitely a big difference between the three and the Ys compared to the X and the S with Teslas, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. You've driven those. It's like big big step up in luxury when you go to S. Or the X, but uh, yeah. okay, I I can get derailed real quickly talking about Tesla. <laughs> we were talking about earning. <laughs> keeping it rolling and getting to the charts. Sean, I'll hand it over to you. Let's talk about Spy here. Flip yeah, over. so Spy this week, I think it's a bit of a bit of a tricky spot. Um, I must admit because we've got. I want to keep it nice and simple. You've got the four 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 line, which we've been talking about for a couple of months now, just above us. Right. Um, we've also got the fifty and the twenty moving average, kind of combining all together. So that is going to be tough to get through. That's all I'm going to say. That simple, no doubt. What about you, Kay? Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on Spy this week? Um, I. How do I say this? Um, <laughs> I mean the op- options data, right? I mean I generally look at options. Option data is pretty flat. It's, it's similar to what we had last week. It It's slightly more bearish for 9.8, which is not next week, actually. It's the week after. Um, actually, let me look at this data. Yeah, so next week is 9.1, which is ending, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little, it's, it is a little bearish, 2.98 compared to last week, which was 1.39. Put to call. If just between those two weeks. Yeah. All right. Is, well, is there so yeah so there are three things that are happening next week you have the jobs report coming out you have the uh what was that uh the i think tce data is coming out and then there's also unemployment numbers coming out yeah there's that's a good amount of data um i will say i love sean's analysis this week so i'm gonna <laughs> back that right up because my biggest note on the chart is the big rejection at the 50 slash 20-day moving average with the 20-day looking to cross below the 50. Right on that huge rejection on Thursday, right at 444. That's all not fun. However, go take a look at RSI. I don't know. I don't think we have it on this chart here, but the RSI, I like to look at for a sharp hinge upwards, and we've got that this week. And if you just go back and look in history, it doesn't necessarily mean we have a huge run-up. Um then obviously it doesn't mean anything's guaranteed, but every time you get a big hinge like that, where it's just a quick, sharp reversal V formation on the RSI, you tend to get a little bit of follow through. So uh, maybe that helps us, you know, hang out around this 444 level. Um, but yeah, tough with that moving average being below the 50 day. So yeah, and I think if we show some strength and get through that 444 level, nice and smooth, well, nice and firm, big volume. So we had a big volume on, on Friday, as you can see there, probably just yeah. correlated. Um, if you can push through that and hold that, then that's really quite bullish, I think, moving forward. All right, let's look at the cues. 
Yep, so the queues, similar sort of things. We've got the 20 moving average and the 50 moving average kind of crossing as we speak. Um, but we do have a nice little support level of five, uh, 357, which I've had there for quite some time. And lots of people have different levels. And I was quite pleased with how it reacted to that. Um, it bounced off it not you know, perfectly, as you can see there, but it kind of held throughout that day in particular. Um, but we also have a kind of trend line that's coming down, which I'm a bit concerned about, to be honest with you. Um, but if we can kind of... I don't know really what to say, but I, I'm just leaving it. I'm seeing how the market matures. Um, I'm not obviously trading queues at the moment because it's a bit of no man's land. Um, it could easily break 357 and it could also go up and move towards that 372 level. Um, so it's a sit on my hands, kind of wait and see what happens with the queues at the moment. Yeah, I tell you, it's not my favorite pattern because it often doesn't quite work out. Um, but the head and shoulders here right at your 357 level, I mean, that's the neckline. If shares keep pulling back there, um, that could be that classic pattern where if we break through it, they can see some steep selling. Um, that being said, I feel like the last three or four times I've seen a head and shoulders pattern, things took off. So, uh, you know, it's hard to say there. Uh, Kay, any additional thoughts on the cues? Um, so different from SPY, uh, the last week put to call was 2.2. This week is 2.27, so it's pretty flat. It's there, so there isn't any sentiment in the options market for Q. I, I think that also has to do with there are a lot of um, tech companies reporting earnings next week, um, you know, the ones that we just showed. So right, that could right. be a reason, right? That could be a reason. Um, also, I think Jackson Hole wasn't as bad, and, you know, if the interest rates are, you know, aligned, we pretty much are seeing bounce back. I mean, and, and you can see that Tesla having a 11% jump for the week, along with Apple and Amazon, everybody. Apple is in a precarious position, and we are not covering it this week. We'll probably cover next week or so. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm seeing that QQQ is, QQQ was hit much harder than SPY. So I think that's the reason there's a lot more sell-off in, in QQQ stocks. At least yeah, the, the, the 20s already crossed below the 50-day moving average for the Qs. Um, you know, I've got downside uh, targets below the 357, which I added last week. Thank you, Sean. Um, and I've got now 348 and 333 with that, that gap. There's a gap down there by 333. Mm, so yeah, if we yeah. do get some selling, that's where I would target to, to drop down to, which is going to be about the 150-day moving average, 200-day moving average, probably pretty close as well. So, yeah. And like you say, if, you, if you've got in that move um... – Typically, the queues, when it drops, it does drop quite harsh, um, percent, percent and a half, or sometimes 2% in one day. So you can, if you get a good early move, you can already set your stop loss in a fairly safe position. Um, and then, obviously, the rest is history from then onwards. Yeah, let's see what history can be made here in the coming weeks. All right, keep it rolling. Yeah, let's go. So we spoke about Tesla, and uh, obviously you did say it was up this week quite handsomely, and it bounced nicely off of the 214 level, which I've kind of trailed it back a bit towards kind of February, March of this year. Um, but generally, this chart's looking quite nice, I think. We're above the trend line. We're above the two, uh, 200 moving average. The only concerns I have are the two moving averages above us, um, and the fact it has crossed already. But with the price action that's happened this week, um, it gives me reason to believe there might be a bit of strength in the stock. And I would like to see the volume increase um, as a result of that. But if we can push through this 241 level, which I've drawn, um, and then make a, 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 like a nice move towards this, what's that, 290 at the top there? And that is my gap fail opportunity. Um, 
I realised I didn't take any breaths through that whole speech. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's basically what I see on this chart. And you can see a nice little bounce off the 200 and the trend line at the same time and the support level. So that would have been great if you got in there. Congratulations to anyone who did. Yeah, nicely done there if you did. Um, I, you know, I, this I, looks... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kay. Jump in. No, no, no. Go, go for it. I'll ask oh. the question later. I was going to say, this looks very similar to the DraftKings chart I've got. And so you can draw a trend line here, Sean, that was just broken last week by uh, Tesla, right? That down mm-hmm. downtrend and that really one, busted yeah. through on, uh, what was that? I guess that was Monday, really. Um, so, yeah, I like the setup there to try to move higher. and But those those darn moving averages right above there could could be tricky and right at that, that resistance level. But I like momentum here and uh, looking for some follow through next week. That's that's what I'm hoping for. What were you? Are you at? are you guys in the trade right now with Tesla? No, Any I'm active not, trades? No. Okay, okay. Not, because no. I am in active trade right now. So so nice. my co- yeah. So my cost basis is about two fifty five. And uh, last week when we had this big jump in Tesla, I sold a covered call at two sixty five for a for a, a monthly covered call at 265 and it was a decent amount of premium i think it was 225 or something like that nice, uh, very nice yeah um generally you know a couple of weeks ago tesla was giving almost 400 dollar premium you know for a monthly so you're looking at about 100 dollar a week so it has definitely dropped a lot uh but honestly i i do think if we can get some more momentum on tesla you know i will be able to get rid of those stocks that i have yeah, you know, I like the. We had this conversation, I think, last week, and I can't remember if we were on, if we were live or this behind the scenes. But I really like the idea of, you know, like you said, your your cost basis. You got two fifty five. You're above, or you're underwater right now, right? You're above the current exactly. price. And yeah. so, oftentimes, if you're selling covered calls, the thought is, well, I don't want to take a loss, so I can't sell covered calls a week or two out because the premiums are only worthwhile below my actual cost basis. I get the 245 strike. And so that wouldn't be, you don't want to take a loss on the shares if they were called away. So moving out the, the expiration date to allow you to move up and still collect premium outside of, you know, strike price outside of your cost basis. I think that's the big lesson. And if anybody takes anything away from what Kay's talking about here, that I really like that Kay. So um, just something I wanted to point out again and highlight. Yeah, I think we we did talk offline about this one, but that was, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think it was offline. Bring it to the audience, or bring yeah, it bring in. it to the audience. Yeah, so <laughs> so I think that worked out. I, my initial plan was two months out because that's how the market was. Because Tesla was at this uh, two hundred, I think that little Doji candle that you have on Friday, the week prior when we had a Sunday live, right? We were at that level. So Tesla, two months out, was giving the same premium. When we had that massive run-up on Monday, Tuesday, that's when the the premiums got juicy. And I'm like, you know what? Instead of selling two months out, let's we can sell the same, ten, you know, a ten dollar up, two sixty five for the same price, same premium price. And I'm okay with letting go of my shares. It's okay if Tesla runs up to two ninety. I'm okay with that. I don't really care because I got my profit out of this trade. And that's how, and that's the mindset you gotta have. That you are okay with the run-up if that happens. I like it. Sean, can I add one more thing in this chart? Go ahead. The three candles that bounced off of support there um, going back to Monday. So you have this gap down to a doji candle and then a Mm. gap up. And then that gap up closed at least halfway, in this case, well above, um, you know, two days prior before the gap down. 
that's a typical setup if it's on a support like that for a big bounce and move higher. And um, I forget the name of the actual pattern, but um, it's, it's identified and called out as a trading pattern to look for. So I actually think that we might be moving up to that 50 day moving average here this week. And that'll be, that'll be real where the true test really comes in. So what is that like 257, 258, somewhere around there? Mm, yeah. No, I like that. I'll note that one down, that's for sure, because that's not a pattern I've uh, typically come across. Yeah, I don't think you, you have to see it right on support, and so I don't think you see it too often. But, yeah, something to look at. Awesome. Nice. Um, yeah, shall we move on to Neo? Let's do it. Let's do it. So we have earnings on Tuesday morning, and um, it's going to be a tough one because they basically – hinted in the last earnings report that this one won't be so good and that's why they did it so late and um, kind of the numbers are already there the kind of the deliveries etc obviously converted into revenue it's not going to be quite wonderful but i think the stocks reacted in such a way that that's already priced in if i'm be so bold to say um and we have that in the two orange lines we've got here i mentioned them last week so the first one is the obviously the earnings report and the second one is the deliveries uh, happening on friday uh, we're expecting another 20,000 um, delivery month, which would be um, exceptional. If we can go a little bit higher than that, that'd be amazing. But I think 20,000 is the, the mark that we want to hit. And that's what William Lee, the CEO, um, has hinted at as well in the last earnings call. So it'd be good to see his thoughts in this earnings call. If he reiterates that, if he improves that, that'd be fantastic for the stock. Um, but on a technical level, we're not looking great. And I've got to be completely honest with you, we're not looking great. We'll keep testing 1055. I'm amazed with the you know, current price action within the stock market as well, with the kind of volatility that has actually stayed fairly, um, like the average true range basically hasn't moved in the last five to six days, which is, which is quite nice, but it's also quite worrying because obviously it means it might be building up to a, a you know, big move and you can see the volume decreasing and you can see the catalysts that are just around the corner. So if it was to get a big move, I could, it could be up, it could be down, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on this guys, but, um, with this kind of price action, would you say it's building up to a kind of a big move? Okay, you want to take this one first? Uh I I don't know, honestly. I I I am I'm very divided with Neo. Um it's gonna be a tough one, and I'll tell you why I think so. It's because the 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 data that is coming out of China is actually dampening the not just neo but in general the whole market uh how you know investors are perceiving china and um i think that that will play some role with neo now i don't personally follow neo as closely as you follow so i'm not sure about the delivery numbers um and everything but i from a technical perspective honestly I, I don't know. I, I'm st- I'm staying out of this one. The options data, of course, is always on the positive. Like you have 0.43 put to call ratio, and um, for next week, you have put to call as 0.51. So it's as bullish as you can think of. There are a lot more call options versus put options, and the implied volatility is 39%. So you are so a lot of more people are probably buying calls at this point in time, and you probably are paying a lot. So if you're a seller of option, you must be enjoying getting those premiums. If you're a buyer of those options, then you basically are paying a lot of premium. So I, I, that's my take on you. So looking at the chart, I don't, I don't disagree with anything that's been said. I will say looking back in, going all the way back to July of 2020, um, 
that's when things really took off. Um, actually, you know, I guess probably June. Yeah, June really. But then in July, there's this big gap up. Shares went from right where they're at now, basically around 1055, all the way up to almost 17. Then came all the way back to test the 1055 level before taking off and going, you know, to the moon and like everything else did um, through 2021. It got all the way up to 66 or so, right? But point being, it came back and tested this five, this 1055-ish level before that massive launch. And since then, you know, it's come back and gotten below, but it tested, you know, I feel like it tested the level a couple of times before finally breaking. So maybe this is a really key level and that's why you're getting so much consolidation and support there. Volumes dropped off on the selling um, and RSI is starting to curl up a little bit. So I don't know. I think maybe I'm a little bit more positive, a little more optimistic, but it is a tough spot. It is, it is depending on the only results and the kind of um, not really the results, more for the guidance yeah. um, in terms of like the margins, et cetera, for the company. Um, and if, I, if we get even a slight hint of good news on that, I think it will move quite nicely. I will be playing the earnings because that's just who I am. I'll spend a very, very small amount. It's not financial advice, uh, but I just like to on my favorite stocks. Um, I know, Kay, you like to play earnings from time to time. Um, but if it, likewise, if it goes down 10, 15, 20%, then that, that is what it is. It's, um, it's just the stock market. That's how you, how you, how you go, isn't it? But um, I've kept I'm my position move, small. Personally. Yeah, for the same reason, I kept my position in Neo Small, Sean. So I never did add more, but I didn't sell either. Um, cause I like kind of seeing the support here, but we'll see. So, uh, would, would you be, let's say if you, if you're playing the earnings, would you be, what, what percentage would be a stop loss? Like a 20% down stop loss? Uh, 10%? Honestly, it would be, it's an overnight thing for me. So, well, it'd be through the day, obviously, cause it's an open market. So when the yeah. market opens, it would be, if it was you know, 20% down, I would just sell it there and then, um, well, not necessarily. I'd look into the report, but if it looks quite bad generally, then I would probably sell it there. And then, likewise, on the other side, if it went up twenty percent, I would just hold it because um, if you've got good news, it's more likely going to move up for the next month or so. Uh, generally, um, one thing I will add to all of this is if Tesla does make that move kind of up, it might bring Neo up as well. Um, yeah, and there could be kind of two or three things kind of going well for Neo, which is obviously the two catalysts we've got here. And Tesla moving up, I think that could be really nice. Um, if it was to all happen, of course, you need three ticks out of three. But um, we're living in a dream world, aren't we? Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, though. You never know. I like but it. Yeah. Let's see this 1055 hold up. That's what I'm voting for. That's the level. That's the level we all want to see uh, hold. But yeah, that's it for me. That's it for my Neo charts. And uh, I'll hand it over to Nate. Thanks, Sean. That was good stuff. I will certainly hope Neo holds up there and we get some good guidance. See uh, John out there in the crowd. Howdy, John. Thanks for joining the, the stream this week. Let us know if you have any requests you can maybe touch on, or if we can't get to it this week, we'll look at it next week. But appreciate you joining. And, uh, yeah, let's look in the next chart here. So I bought NVIDIA back, um, NVDA. Of course, everybody knows the ticker. And I brought it back because of all the talk last week. Um, I thought we did a good job talking about 420 holding up nicely. It only, you know, dropped below that level for, you know, less than 40 minutes last Friday and and held up. Then we got the big push through earnings um, and the sell-off, right? So earnings did not hold, got all the way up above 500. 
and then just sold off and closed back at 460. Um, the things I like here, though, is we held the 20-day moving average with a nice lower wick after we got near testing it there. The 50 days right there as well. So additional support. And so 460 holding up. I've got 420 would be, you know, stop loss level basically um, because it has held so nice. I wouldn't want to dip below that level. Um, and I'm targeting getting back above 480. And I just included here the, uh, the IV crush note at the bottom because we talked about that as well for options traders. So, you know, you got these huge IV levels pushed into the top of the range heading into earnings almost guaranteed that you're going to get it's one of the closest guarantees you're going to get in trading i would say okay back me up on this one <laughs> you're going to get an iv crush right after earnings and 100 100 right? and yeah. so that that it's just because you get more information and so all that volatility now you know gets let out i guess you could say so yeah last note. we talked about this for so we talked about the implied volatility yeah. at this point in time right so in the in the last one so if your implied volatility is generally high which means there's a lot of information you know floating around once that information pretty much settles down your implied volatility also comes down so if you're a, if you are an option buyer and your implied volatility is high you're paying a lot more premium if you are an option seller you're probably enjoying those and and vice versa. So if and if implied volatility is too low, there is really not any action going on. So the options prices, would, the premiums would not, you know, give you any bang for the buck. Right. Exactly right. So the other thing I'd add to this chart here is the SMH weekly candles I threw in the top left again because it's holding support and it's holding above the twenty day moving twenty week moving average. And uh, we do have a long, long upper wick on that candle, making kind of like a reverse hammer. So that's not great because of all the selling uh, that happened to pull that, that back down after the big move, anticipated move into earnings. But that's also kind of what I expected. So I like that it's holding and moving higher here, um, despite all of the selling to close out the week. So we'll see where it goes, but I'm actually overly, overall positive on the semiconductor sector where I think a lot of folks might be skittish right now. I have a question like for you, it. Nate, here. Yeah. Um, are you thinking of uh, getting in long term on NVIDIA? And if yes, what? Let's say if you're starting a new position, right? Where would you open a new position in NVIDIA? If it's a new yeah, uh, that's a great question. So <clears throat> ideally, um, if it pulled back and held 420 again and bounced a little bit, uh, I think that's a great spot to get in. Um, we do have the gap from prior earnings back there all the way back to 318. Yeah. I, I'm not as concerned about that. Um, but if you're buying for long term, you know, you can't get shook out but, you know, by a drop along those levels. You know, if you're buying in here, you're really just looking for five to 10 year horizon potentially. I mean, after these big moves, they've beat on earnings, guided higher two quarters in a row. What more do you want? I kind of like buying it here, even at 460, to be honest. Got it. So I would get in partial positions, I guess, and DCA in because of the big move that's come up and look for opportunities to buy on dips moving forward. Mm -hmm. But I think you got to get this in your portfolio, right? And yeah. so I think getting in here is not bad, but I wouldn't go full bore. I wouldn't just dump all, you know, all of my cash in. I would definitely leg in maybe 10% at a time, something like that. Got it. 
you know, another thing that I haven't mentioned, but I've been doing a lot of research on is uh, stock replacement strategies using options. And I guess the key there is really to try to get a net positive 90 delta if you want to be playing the long side. And you get, you know, delta meaning roughly how much the um, the underlying option position is going to move relative to the stock. So if the stock moves a dollar, you're going to move about 90 cents, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can sell multiple call options at like, for example, a 70 delta and then, or excuse me, buy multiple call options at a 70 delta and then sell um, a 50 delta um, and then, you know, that gets you to about a 90 net delta options position. And effectively, it'll, it'll act just like the stock does. And for something like NVIDIA, where to get 100 shares is you know $460 times 100, yeah. um, you're talking good coin, you can get into a position like this for a few thousand dollars instead of tens of thousands of dollars. And it will mimic the stock price. Yeah, so, so you're talking about poor man's covered call, right? Well, that is, um, yeah, but it's... Um, different more on the delta so actually you end up usually buying multiple calls and selling just a single like a two to one kind uh, of ratio oh i see i see I, I see what you're talking about yes yes yeah, the, the, i don't know the strategy name but I, I i have seen people do that and i have seen it it's a little bit too complex for me so i haven't tried it yet gotcha the tasty trade crowd call, refers to it as a zebra trade i believe oh always fun with options right sean <laughs> Absolutely. No, exactly. Sean, Sean goes about. like on mute. I'm like, I'm not going to talk on this one. No, it's um, interesting. It's interesting. He's still talking about levels and stuff. But yeah, did you um, have any thoughts on semiconductors, Sean? Because um, yeah, it's a I, controversial spot here. I like them. No, I do. I don't trade them as often as I as I like to. I think because obviously there's lots of volatility in them, and I think that could be quite beneficial as a trader. Um, so I've definitely got. To, I've actually taken a few notes while you guys were talking. Um, but this SMH, I like the 20 moving average on the, on the weekly. I like that a lot. I know there's a couple of topping candles there, but with the NVIDIA and their kind of guidance that they gave, um, I heard great things, of course. And I think we can challenge 500 again pretty soon because we had a nice little um, volume push, or not volume push, the, the candle push up on Friday, as you can see on the chart yeah. for NVIDIA, yeah. um, off the two moving averages as well. Um, but, uh, you know, the trend is your friend. It's still going up. Um, it's still doing well, and the company is still posting wonderful, wonderful numbers and wonderful guidance. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be interested in this stock and, and the industry, like you say. So I'm, 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 I'm going to have a look at this stock, and I'm, I'm looking for that kind of 500 level for a possible breakout trade, would you believe? <laughs> yes, I like it. I like it. We'll keep our eyes on NVIDIA, no doubt about it. I did get hosed on Marvell last week. Their earnings did not do well, and they just continued to sell off where other uh, chip names got some support. So I'll be reassessing the position in Marvell. That was we a have a one. We have a question from John. All right. Let's see. Ooh, Forex market from John. So do we just do stocks or do we touch on the Forex market? I personally have not, not traded Forex. I know some friends who uh, dabble, but how about you guys? Sean, you get into it or okay? No, no. I've tried it. Saying? Yeah, I've tried it. I've tried it. Yeah, it's, it's more about supply and demand in my in my opinion. Um, but in terms of getting the right time of day and having the right pairings, um, it just doesn't appeal to me in that sense. But with the stocks, it kind of does, obviously, because we've got news kind of related to that as well. I know you've got news related to forex, but 
Sure. It just seems like, uh, you know, trading is a big world. It just seems like Forex is the same sort of thing, but like a, another big world to learn. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the, you know, all the patterns are kind of the same. So you could probably... Man, have, I have been in commodities like gold, silver, but yeah. I, I end up coming back to stocks. Because yeah, that's just more there, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I do as well. I know some friends who trade Forex, so I like the question a lot, John, because it's, it's super interesting markets. Um, and you can trade them, you know, all kinds of different hours, right? Like around the clock, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that's what they really liked about it. But they were glued to their screens. So <laughs> they're always glued to their screens. What about you, John? Do you trade uh, Forex? Stick it in the yeah, comments. let us know in the comments. Drop a note. I'd be curious. Oh, it does. Lovely. All right. Oh, he does. Yes. Nice. Well, that's, that's good stuff. I always like to hear about, you know, how traders trade other markets, futures traders. You know, we all are using similar techniques and patterns and uh, mm. yeah, it applies to different markets. And then you have crypto folks as well, right? You, are, you got crypto folks yeah. as well trading. You got it. No doubt about it. Actually, I didn't bring in uh, Marathon Digital this week, but uh, ticker MARA tied to the crypto world in uh, at a key level right now, 1025 to 1075. I know this is a totally random offshoot, but yeah, um, at a really key support spot. We'll see if it, if it takes off from here or not. And uh, oh, another comment from John, Golden Oil. Yes, I've got another friend who is all in on gold right now. So you're not alone there. And, guys- we, cover, and we cover all stocks too, right? We cover all stocks. We love in the energy sector. We will get to oil. Yep, definitely. Definitely will. Is your friend Robert T. Kiyosaki or by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right, let's keep things moving along. DraftKings, I got up next. I mentioned that this chart looked a lot like the Tesla chart, and uh, I think it was a Tesla chart, yeah. And uh, we've got this big bounce off of 2534, which is really nice to see as a key support level that was prior resistance for a bit. Um, then it, we, we got the launch off of that level prior previously. There is a gap above as well that... I think maybe we'll try to go fill and get back up to 30. So I'd really like to see it. Like to see, I like the close above 28 last week. But that one moving average I left on the chart, the 50-day moving average, is right above where the candles are trying to trade last week. And they just kept rejecting, even on Friday, pulled back off the 50-day. So it's got to get above that before you can really be serious about trying to get back to 30 and then looking for a potential Set up for a breakout trade, I would say, Sean, if we get back up to those levels. Um, what are your thoughts on this chart? So I was on mute. Um, I like it. Um, I, I like kind of where it is now. It's still above the kind of 25, a nice little bounce break through the trend line, like you mentioned. Um, but from a breakout perspective, are you talking about the 31 level? Yeah, um, you'd have to get yeah. all the way back up there first, right? Yeah, you could also use potentially the, the moving average as a breakout as well if you're feeling so bold. Um, the kind of combining with the 29, 25 level as well, that could kind of come up to 31, come back down to 29, and then and then break out trade from there. I don't know if you follow with that oh, one. Yeah, I like it. Um, but generally, yeah, it's not being under the 50, it's not great, of course, but I mean, you just never know, really. And you can see the MACD at the bottom there, it's not, not too bad either, kind of curling up. It's um, curling up, right? RSI yeah. is moving up. And we broke that downtrend um, and bounced off the support level. So, like, I kind of like the the shift here. Um, yeah. But we've got to see. I mean, volume's not really picked back up, right? It's still really, really weak here. So, um, yeah. one thing about DraftKings. If you get one good volume day, it does tend to kind of follow on from that. 
it you does kind of see it throughout the chart. Um, just one of those stocks that does that, I guess. I totally agree. You mentioned it with Neo before that if they get a good pop on earnings, that you'll tend to see some follow through, and you would look to stay in the trade. Exactly how I feel about DraftKings. So it's, um, it's normally as simple as it kind of pops up on people's screeners. So people do a lot of um, volume, like sorting their screener by volume and finding those stocks just by volume. And if Neo and DraftKings come into that, they think, oh, I look into this stock. And then if a particular setup sets right for them, then they'll kind of go for that, which only adds to the volume. Yeah, right. No, that's a really good point. How about you, I mean, I, No, I'm, I'm liking this setup because, you know, I think your 25 is a very good support level. You know, it bounced a couple of weeks, a couple of days ago. And then back then before the big ramp up, you had a couple of bounces at that level. This this is a good, you know, trading range from all the way from 25 to 29. If it just tra- range, trade ranges over there, you can, you know, run weekly trades on it. Uh, and then if you get a big gap up, if you own stocks, then more the merrier. But, you know, if you, if, as long as the third, the $25 is respected, which I think is a solid support line, you know, it could be a very good, you know, uh, place to get in. I have yeah. not looked at the option side, but generally, you know, these stocks have a very good options uh, premium as well. It does. It's back at its normal levels. It was super elevated heading into its its earnings as you would expect. So again, got the IV crushed and sold off. I don't have it on this chart, but um, yeah, I think that that you still get pretty nice premiums with DraftKings. Mm. So nice. Okay. We'll keep it rolling because I know we have energy coming up and I think John will want to see that. But first, what do we have here? Of course we have AMD. Yes. Um, So very interesting uh, on AMD. I have a couple of points here that I want to talk about. So um, back going back in May, um, when AMD was around the $102 level, we had NVIDIA crush earnings. And that's when AI came onto this whole uh, spur on the platform and every, and then we saw this massive run in June. And, and since we had that AI, big AI rally. Um, looking at this chart right now, let me zoom in. Um, we clearly are in a downtrend, right? It's making lower highs as we are going through. So I drew a trend line. Uh, and what is very interesting is that $102 is a very critical level for this stock. And on Friday, the stock closed 25 cents above. So there was a lot of buying pressure coming in to pull it above the $102 level. Why? Is because 102 is pre-NVIDIA rally from the last time. And 102 was a major resistance going back all the way to August 2022. And if you if you if it breaks you can go all the way down to you know i don't know maybe it's 71 because there isn't much support level maybe at 84 93 but those yeah. are all fib levels yeah go ahead yeah i was say i think about 85 you might get a little bit of support there but yeah i agree with you keep going yeah it's it's, it's going to be a big drop right from 102 going into 85 that's a big big drop and <laughs> yes. And psychologically, generally, these whole numbers, like 100, 150 for stocks, those are psychological numbers. And once those break, sometimes it's a free fall from there onwards. The problem is, if you notice, NVIDIA had a blowout earnings, $13 billion. Um, AMD has $5.36 billion. So it's not that far off. But, you know... Um, NVIDIA plays, NVIDIA is a pure GPU play, right? Pure, they make GPUs, phenomenal GPUs. AMD makes CPUs and GPUs. They are, you know, giving a run for the money to Intel in the CPU space. 
but their GPUs is not at par at NVIDIA. They are more low-cost GPUs. Um, stock price is both below 20-day and 50-day SMA, so that's also not a great sign. The trend line is you know, going downwards. Our put-to-call ratio has gone up to 0.94, so it's getting to a... It's, it's bullish, but it's getting to a point where people are... It's, it could go above one. And then and you will see from the numbers. at For next week, September 1, at 95, you have 6,900 put options. At 100, you have 8,300 put options. And at 102, you have 2,300 put options. So a lot of put options being open for next week. And oh, I, cool. yeah. So if I would like to play NVIDIA, oh, sorry, AMD, I would play on the safer side where I'm looking at maybe 95 to $97 in the option side if I want to open a cash secured put. But that's that's pretty much what I'm looking at. Sean, you first on this one. I, I see a potential setup for upside trade, but what do you what do you see, Sean? So I actually see two things. Um, a potential breakout trade, but to the downside, if we were to kind of that 102 level we've been talking about. If we come down, settle somewhere, then come back up and retest at 102, that's why I'd be entering for a short. For two reasons, we're below, obviously, like you say, the moving averages and that trend line as well. So that would be a good entry point for me. Um, and on the other note of that, if you imagine, so you've got the orange line there already that's coming down from the top there. But imagine a trend line coming up from the bottom, um, kind of lowest point of this chart, and then add it through all the lows. Um, you kind of obviously see like a triangle. Um, and we're kind of breaking that as well at the same sort of time. If, I'm, if my eyes are correct, I could be completely wrong, but we could be sitting at that level where we are now. But if that breaks as well as the 102 level, then, yeah, I mean, we're talking pretty bearishly on AMD at the moment. Um, Sean, I'm going to add that line for next week. Okay. Um, but we're speaking generally quite bullish on, um, you know, we said SMH in the video earlier, just generally quite bullish on the semiconductors. So that's a tricky one. It um, is. It really is a tricky one because obviously news dependent as well. Um, Nate, your thoughts? Yeah, AMD did not act as nearly as well as other names in the space, I thought. And... Uh, I don't like the selling here, but if you just, you know, kind of step back and look at the chart, this pattern just keeps showing up, right? These like stair step patterns where it sells off nice and orderly and then finds support and moves higher and it breaks that downtrend, you know, the upper level. Like, so that dotted line you've drawn there, Kay, is effectively what I'd be looking for for an upside breakout trade is yep. if we can clear above that, then... Uh, maybe make another attempt to get back to 130, but not before. Otherwise, I'm with you guys, and we're trading to the downside, right? Like, I wouldn't even attempt to get in for a long until I broke above that trend line. That's me personally. Yeah. And I no, think I, I'm, I'm personally very bullish on AMD, along with Semiconductor and NVIDIA. So if if it presents, these are opportunities when you can add to your long-term portfolio, even if you don't want to trade. Right, because we yeah, at this channel point. we talk about trade specifically, but you are also talking about stocks that you can add to your portfolio for long term. So these are yeah. opportunities you will get into, you know, buying these high quality stocks. So just yeah, to throw some numbers on this, I was just saying, uh, throw numbers on the what I was talking about with AMD. I think you have to get above one ten before I'd be interested. Mm. Right, one hundred two to one ten. It's a solid, you know, seven eight percent move. And I don't think that's ridiculous given how much it's pulled back, you know, 30% or so and uh, shows it can really move. So if, if we drop from where it's at now to the, 
84, 85% or 84, 85 level, that's 15%, right? Like that's a significant move. So anyways, I like this chart. I'm glad you brought AMD forward, okay? It's a super tricky spot here. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, that's on. Any, and if no questions, let's move on to the next one. All right, energy. Energy, love it. ExxonMobil. Um, what do I say about ExxonMobil? I I have this is the first time I'm bringing it up. I know I know Nate, you cover ExxonMobil a lot, not on the channel but offline. You cover ExxonMobil a lot, sure. and I love ExxonMobil. Why? Because first, it's a it's a great dividend stock, and it's a great candidate for real strategy. So anybody who doesn't know what real strategy is, you buy the stock using a cash secured put. Once you own the stock, you sell that stock as a covered call, and then you rinse and repeat the process. That's what real strategy is. And this is a this is amazing stock, I would say, because it's a very range-bound stock. Now, um, if you notice how it forms the range, the first range I'm seeing is 104 and 107. That's when you had the first range. Once it had a breakout, now you're looking at a range of, of 107 and 109. Those are the next ranges that the stock is trading. Short term, we saw we saw a rejection at $111 twice. So it says 111.02. I'll just take 111, you know, whole number. That's much easier. So right now, 111 is your the short term resistance that I think is going to face. And a lot of times the prices are pretty much tied up with OPEC news and OPEC plus news. So if you are into the commodity sector, you probably are much more well versed with how you know the oil prices. You know, move, but this is what the range is friendly for the stock. Uh, the stock price is above the 20-day SMA. It's above the 200-day SMA, so that's also a very positive sign. With SMA 50 SMA slowly catching up. I don't have those over here, but I have it the, uh, on my notes here. And uh, the put to call is also 0.87. And next week we have 2.9 2,900 call options on the 111 dollars which is showing that it is your uh, uh, absolute resistance level, at least in the short term, and you only have 2,100 put option at 105. So those are a couple ranges that you can take into account and you know play a trade if you would want. I would be opening a trade as well on this one. Um, I'm probably going to you know target between 106, 107, depending upon the premium that I get. Nice. I like it. I wrote about energy in my newsletter this week. So if you're interested, check that out. My, I think we have links here for the, the newsletter. If not, my Twitter bio definitely does. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Check the link below. But I wrote about XLE, did some technical analysis there. Then also um, have some analysis and trade ideas for uh, Slum, Slum Berger, SLB, um, Shell, which is ticker SHEL, and Chenier, which is ticker LNG. So yeah, I like the energy space and I like this chart and I'm seeing potentially a cup and handle formation. So looking at patterns here, um, you've got the level nailed at 111, which I like because it's nice and easy to remember, Kay. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, if, if we break, we've got the huge cup, you know, going back to, I guess that's probably May, April, May timeframe. And now you've got the resistance hit at 111, forming the handle on the right-hand side. If it breaks above 111, I think we could be off to the races. So that's what I'd be looking for. Sean, any thoughts from you on this one? 
Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. Um, I quite like this as like a bit of a messy breakout, breakout um, setup around that kind of 107 line. So you can see all the resistance points that you mentioned kind of throughout the middle section of the chart there. Um, and then we pushed up to that 111 um, level that we've been speaking about a few times twice. Um, but in that kind of momentum, we kind of came down and we tested that 107-ish level, probably 106 more like, um, which is a bit more, it could be, seen as a bit of a breakout trade so if, you, if, if we get like a bit of a, a rough start tomorrow potentially there'll be a sell-off after a nice friday um stock comes down to kind of one 107 160 uh, 106 like a level i've been looking to kind of enter there keeping a nice tight stop loss i reckon um and then kind of making the target price of uh, take two thirds of my position about 111 um mm. that's how i kind of go for kind of breakout trades and it looks good to me. It looks a bit messy, like I say, and it's a bit more of a risky one. So I'll probably use slightly less percentage than I would normally do of my portfolio. Um, but yeah, I like the setup. I like Sean, the setup. I love it. I love it. every and detail. That's a good we stuff. Were, we were speaking off air about dividend stocks, and um, I've been looking into them a bit more recently in terms of day trading. So I'm going to really kind of test out this week. Um, obviously, this is not the time to talk about that, but that's kind of what I'm looking at. And this is a great addition. So I've just written that down. <laughs> that's great. It's good stuff. What else, Kay? Anything else to add to ExxonMobil? No, I, I just love, you know, this one of the stock. It's a, it's, and I, I personally love stocks that are range bound because you can just repeat the process of wheel strategy, generate income on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. When you have too many breakouts, uh, it's not ideal for wheel strategy. You you will tend to lose stocks or you will end up, you know, getting, get, you know, getting stocks at a much higher rate, price than you would have hoped for. So, yeah. Yeah, huh? this is great. It looks like we got multiple trades uh, opportunities coming out of here. All three of us see different uh, potential for different trades. I love it. Thanks for bringing this one forward, Kay. And uh, I think that's about it. So do want to remind everybody that you can get a hold of us a number of different ways. Find uh, Sean and Kay and myself on Twitter. There's our handles there, and you can check the links below. Do subscribe to this channel here, The Trading Triangle, and please hit the like button if you enjoyed it. Um, we definitely, we're here every week and we appreciate your support and want to get the word out to as many folks as possible. And uh, we also wrap up here with some closing comments. But yeah, take a look at the newsletters we've got out here, the YouTube channels that both Kay and Sean are running in addition to contributing to The Trading Triangle every week. Lots of good stuff on X. So with that... Guys, let's wrap it up for the week. I would say that a lot of great information came through the markets last week and we're set up nicely to, you know, at different levels to make nice trades again this week with a lot of information behind it. Um, I feel good. I don't know. I feel good going into the week. So last time I said that, I think we got smoked. So (laughs) for what it's worth. (laughs) But that being said, what about you, Sean? How are you feeling? Yeah, I feel really well prepared. I've got lots of notes from this week, more than normal, um, which is really exciting, really good to kind of set those price alerts and kind of go from there. But generally, from a news point of view, obviously, we've got Neo earnings for me personally, but we've got PCE on Thursday, so that's one to watch one hour before market opens. So just be careful if you're holding trades overnight on Wednesday. (laughs) Um, So it's very easy to get burned if you just forget about news. Um, But that's it for me, really, just kind of trade safe, set your stop losses, set your target profits, and just stay disciplined when you trade. How about you, Kay? No discipline there? Or are you staying disciplined? No, I, I, I will I will be disciplined. I will, uh, I stick with, yeah, I, I stick with the stocks. I talked about AMD, you got ExxonMobil. I have Square from the last week. 
uh, yeah, those the, the names that you trade on a regular basis, you know, um, keep an eye on the news, what's going on, as you guys mentioned. And yeah, just stay disciplined and and take every week as a new week. Whether you won last week or lost last week, doesn't matter. It's a new week. You'll start from the from a new board or a blank slate. Yeah, keep okay, those emotions in check. Okay, I think we're losing you. We're kind of disappearing a little bit. Yes, I'm losing you. Okay, Sadie, we got to end the broadcast. <laughs> Have a great week trading, everybody. We'll keep an eye on Kate, make sure he's good. And, uh, we'll I don't disappear, week. yes. Yeah, thanks again for tuning in to the Trading Triangle. See you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.